Hey writers and weavers, Jenny here, freelance writer, book reviewer, and emerging fantasy author. And Katrina, author of the young adult urban fantasy, The Wise One, book one of the Scottish Scrolls series. Our goal is to help you iron out your fantasy world and open up the floor to a weird and witchy conversation. Join us in our ramblings about all things fantasy, paranormal fiction, and magical realism. Whether you're an aspiring novelist or a best-selling author, this podcast is for you. Ready? Let's get started. Welcome, writers and weavers, to Season 2, Episode 9, already, of Writing the Broomstick. Today's episode is based on a special request from one of our listeners. Um, Doesn't that make us feel so... So yummy on the inside. Yeah. (laughs) Yummy is a good word. (laughs) And, you know, we're so happy to oblige, um, so keep them coming. It's a weird one, so we're going to get creative. Uh, We'll be chatting about writing about time and seasons in your fantasy novel. Mm -hmm. And let me just say right off the bat that, no, you totally do not have to stick with our earthly weather and clock, boring old Mondays. (laughs) Who wants that? (laughs) Time can work as slowly or rapidly as you'd like. And that's just one of the things we'll be touching upon. So, Jen, do you want to take it away? Mm -hmm. Sure. So that brings us to tip number one, and that is let's decide how intense you want to get with your changes. So, Katrina, did you know that there are roughly 40 recognized calendars around the world and that number bumps up to around 80 if you include all the historical calendars we used to use? I did not. Teach me, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that's not including the likely infinite number of regional calendars that our ancestors named and renamed every time a new deity took their fancy or they had (laughs) a chieftain that died that they wanted to honor. Uh, But in reality, when we're talking about calendars, what we're really talking about is time. Calendars are simply names we designate to honor the passage of time, and historically speaking, we name our days, months, weeks, and seasons with great care. Except if you're in Portugal, where the names of the weekdays literally translate into second market day, third market day, fourth market day. Yeah, like I think Monday is segunda feira, which literally just means like second market. Okay. It's quite creative. Anyway. As in like, you know, the bananas are on special today. Let's go. (laughs) They must have. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting point. Like they must have just their whole world was revolved around market days. So for sure. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) At the moment, most of the civilized world operates on the Gregorian (laughs) calendar. That's 365.24 days, 52 weeks, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) That's January to December, Sunday to Saturday. The Gregorian calendar is a Christian one, but it is also a solar calendar, as in it follows the position of the sun. And I can say from personal experience that it's actually quite odd to write a fantasy story using a calendar that sounds so (laughs) earth-side. That's so true. Uh, Like, I'm not a fan of time in general. (laughs) thing to say so why should i abide by earthly time like in my own made-up world exactly that said how deep do you really want to change things in your fantasy novel how much do you want to change how much should you change so let's look at it this way we have the names of the passage of time as in april monday and winter and we have units of time, as in one minute is 60 seconds and a fortnight is two weeks. And we also have time as a linear construct. And of course, there's also space yes. time. But we, <laughs> if we were to open up that can of worms, we would 
would be sitting here all day talking about time travel, which is a whole other kettle of fish. So I want to do that. that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I I love it so much. So fascinating. Um, (laughs) So fantasy writer, what is it that you are really trying to rewrite? Because as godly as you are sitting behind your desk and spilling entire universes from your fingertips, you are likely going to drive yourself crazy if you attempt to rewrite time itself. Mm. At least that's my thought. So how important is it to you to change how long a second is, for example? What difference does it make to your story when you say a week, you really mean a Mm. year? I personally don't know if it's worth it or adds value mm. to the story, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, think? I think going that in depth is a little much, like kind of a killjoy. For sure. But what I do think is worth it is renaming the proper nouns of the passage mm-hmm. of time. So as I said earlier, the Gregorian calendar is not the only game in town. And while we're at it, the solar calendar isn't also the only game in town. There are also lunar calendars or lunisolar calendars. There are holy calendars, natural calendars. There really are so many ways to talk about the passage of time Mm. in your fantasy novel. So my rule of thumb, scrap the proper nouns and keep the units, as in a second is a second. But also keep in mind that if you switch to a lunar calendar, your concept of time will have to be slightly adjusted, right? Because you'll be on the moon's schedule instead. That makes sense. So you mean like... Keeping the durations and just change the names of the days, months, and seasons? Yeah. So instead of January, you name it something else like (laughs) frost or something. (laughs) Hey, maybe it's sunny in January. Yeah, you never know. Okay. It's cool, 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 (laughs) cool. So, okay. Tip number two, when in doubt, follow the seasons. So forget Mm -hmm. the days and months. What if your characters observed the colors of the leaves or which crops are growing or, of course, just Mm, the weather? And that's how they're able to measure time. Like we shall meet again when the first snow falls, you know? Mm. (laughs) I love the sound of this because fantasy should feel as magical as possible. (laughs) And not using our own dumb calendar (laughs) makes it so much more interesting. Wow, you can really tell I hate the concept of it. Yeah, you hate time. I don't like this kind of structure. It's so... Yeah. (laughs) So looking to nature instead, that's more believable in such a different world, I think, in any way, isn't it? Yeah, I totally agree. Plus, it kind of makes more sense. That's how our distant ancestors did it, too. Right. And we will get to that. Um, And yeah, Yeah. there's just so much more room to be creative. So um, maybe Mm -hmm. your summer lasts like a mere fortnight. And so the entire world gets really hyper because it's the only time they get to enjoy (laughs) the heat. Or maybe like Game of Thrones, your winter lasts decades. Not fun. Oh, my God. Imagine gross. Yeah. That's another interesting aspect to explore. How does the climate shape mm-hmm. your fantasy Exactly. Calendar? So, like, wait. If So, if we take a look at science for a second, let's let's try to mm-hmm. do this. Like, like civilized people <laughs> can, can do, do science. <laughs> okay. Seasons are, for the most <laughs> part, controlled by the planet. Oh, sorry. By the way, a planet leans towards or away from its sun. So, for example, the Earth's okay. axis does not run straight through the planet. Instead, it has a slight tilt that points to the mm-hmm. northern hemisphere towards the sun uh, during part of the planet's orbit. So that would cause summer. And if it's away mm-hmm. from another planet, that would cause winter. So what's super interesting is that other planets experience similar and more extreme seasonal changes. Okay. So you can absolutely look to those for inspiration. Like um, I just read an article uh, talking about Uranus and it, um, yeah, I know. Like, how do you not giggle? I have heard even people say Uranus. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Uranus. Yeah, I think it's just to avoid the the giggles. <laughs> it's Uranus. Yeah. 
<laughs> and so this planet has its North Pole spin axis pointed towards the sun during um, like 42 years. Wow. And then it points away from the sun for another 42 years. So if you lived anywhere in the Northern Hemisphere, summer would last 42 years oh and the winter too. So yeah, so the spin axis orientation makes all the difference. So anyway, if you're interested in reading more about this, if you're very science-y, mm -hmm. uh, we did link the source in the show notes. Wow. But anyway, that's just so cool. Like, yeah. I'm just fascinated. But the seasons are still predictable, though, if you yeah. do, like, that kind of concept. So if you choose, you can make yours completely unpredictable, like, in Game of Thrones. Um, well, this is really fascinating, and I'm quite impressed and shocked that you managed to pull all these facts out of your back pocket. <laughs> oh, Yeah. No, not quite. It's research, trying to understand and all that stuff. But um, yeah, it really is cool. Like, I just love it. I, I'm not, I'm I'm really into it. Like, if we go full sci-fi mm -hmm. talk, uh, like about, especially about the concept of time, like we yeah. were just saying, talk about time travel. Relativity. Yeah, I'm, I'm like at the HMIC. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, so I just love that you can bend the rules around time and space in a book. Mm -hmm. Like, why not? Because, mm -hmm. yeah, who the hell's to say the way we're measuring time is the best way? Like, we're literally revolving our lives around working weekdays and being up during yeah. the week and asleep at night. Like, what if we worked at night? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, let's just protest. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, not the whole sleeping at night thing. I think that's more just the way our bodies are built. But uh, the fact that we're slaves to work days, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly. But... Back to your actual novel, it's almost like you've got to go back a few thousand years to get creative. Okay. I mean, the prehistoric person measured time by observing the stars, which we'll get to, yeah. and the changes in the seasons. So this was necessary for planning like nomadic activity, farming, um, sacred feasts, mm -hmm. etc. But um, and I mean, and maybe you can keep with that kind of ancient timekeeping theme and go back to sundials too. Like there's there there's so much you can explore. They're the earliest type of timekeeping device, and how they work is they indicate the time of day by the position of the shadow of an object that's exposed to the sun's rays. Okay. Aren't you impressed, Jen, by the way? I am, am I like, doing this? blown away. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> anyway, just had to point out how, how I'm actually getting through this. I love it. Um, so, in that, if you go with that, so as the day progresses and the sun moves across the sky, the shadow of the object evidently moves too. Mm-hmm. And that's how they would indicate the passage of time. Um, okay, well, now I'm actually, I'm sort of merging into mm -hmm. our next tip, Jen. So you know what? I will have you take it away. Well, thank you for that marvelous introduction. <laughs> so the next tip is to get your inspiration from the sun, the moon, and the stars. So we've basically been talking about this all along, but I kind of want to weave together what you were mentioning earlier, and that is that I think our society has an unhealthy obsession with time. We are so yes. controlled by it. Our entire lives revolve around it, but we didn't always used to be this way. Mm. Timekeeping as a precise science is relatively new, and we managed to survive just fine long before clocks came around. And one of the ways our ancestors managed was by using the cycle of the moon and the sun and the position of the stars. There was something they that was something they could always count on. So for example, did you know that the dog days of summer, which we just had, and which is often described as the hottest, most uncomfortable period of summer when dogs go mad and thunder strikes at random, is named after Sirius, otherwise oh, known as the dog the star. star, yeah, which rises this time of year like clockwork. So there you go. That's 
That's really interesting. And, <laughs> and let me tell you, it has been the most uncomfortable. I don't like summer. And this is a nightmare for me. Blame Sirius. <laughs> Not Sirius XM. Sirius is star. <laughs> <laughs> or Sirius Black. <laughs> Leave him out of it. Oh, yeah. No, I sorry. Just got a flash of, he's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it simple. Anyway. And... <laughs> Did you know that the harvest moon isn't tethered to a particular month, but to the autumnal equinox? Mm -hmm. So essentially, the full moon closest to the first day of fall is the harvest moon and is given that name because of its extreme brightness, which allows farmers to work extra long hours in the evening. I did know that, actually. And I talk about it in my book a little bit. There you go. And I'm just plugging that in. <laughs> yeah. Got the wise one. <laughs> On Halloween's coming up. Guys, get witchy. Go on Amazon. Katie Engelhart. <laughs> okay, carry on. You know, I don't do it's that brilliant. enough, so whatever. Yeah, Just seriously. give it to me. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> so these are the ways our ancestors told time. We cared less about dates. We made very loose appointments. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind. We, I think, have, again, a really unhealthy obsession with just keep knowing things down to the millisecond, but it just wasn't that way before. So fantasy writer, that's something else to think about when you're writing your novel. So yeah, sorry for rambling. No, no, um, no. <laughs> do you do not be sorry for rambling? This is also important, and I find our our anxiety really like comes from that, like just like rushing. And mm -hmm. um, at least you feel that in a big city like Toronto, it's just uh, mad rushes, and everyone's just trying to get places, and it's all to do with like our clock and our. I blame the industrial we... revolution as well. Yeah. Anyway, what's next? <laughs> yeah. It's like, we just got so depressed. Like, can't we just look at the sun, guys? Can we just do this? <laughs> well, okay, we're going to veer, veer away from this a yeah. little bit, get a little bit more witchy. Yeah. So this is, of course, my favorite tip. Um, get inspiration from the Wheel of the Year. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so for those who aren't familiar, the Wheel of the Year is the annual cycle of seasonal festivals associated with Wicca and Neopaganism. It has eight septs. So Samhain, uh, that is how you pronounce it. It's kind of spelled like Samhain, and that is <laughs> Halloween, October 31st. Mm -hmm. There is Yule. Um, of course, you'll probably think of the Yule Ball and Harry Potter. That's where that inspiration comes from. So that's between the 20th and 25th of December. Mm -hmm. There's Imbolc. The 1st and 2nd of February, Ostara, 20th to 23rd of March, Beltane, April 30th to May 1st, uh, Leith Litha, 20th, 22nd of June. L I never know if I can say this right. L Lunasad? Wow. Lunasad? Okay. That's how I would say it. I'm not, it's I have no really idea. messed up, guys. Um, August 1st <laughs> and Mabin, uh, which is September 20th to 23rd. So if you want to delve deeper into each of these festivals, I do recommend a book. Um, and it has those like uh, those like cut edges there. Those um, so it's like really fun. I, just, I think Sam. <laughs> yeah, called, I love it. There's a specific word for it, and Sam named it the other day, but I forget what she said. That yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Sam, we need I you. <laughs> yeah, Sam. Everyone's like, who the hell, is Sam? Well, she She's she'll hear this yeah. and she'll know. Yeah. So the book's called The Wicked Year. It's by Judy Ann Nock, and it, it's cool because. Like if you're going into this um, for yourself or for your book, it, it includes spells, rituals, and meditations for each Sabbath. So you'll definitely get inspiration from those. Mm. And we'll link it in the show notes, oh, of course. Sounds juicy. Oh, it's awesome. I've had it for a very long yeah? time. Oh, yeah. Wait, Katrina, <laughs> do you follow the Wiccan or the Wheel of the Year? Unof unofficially. Like I, I definitely uh, recognize the, um, the festivals and I, I don't 
specifically like do like I don't do anything specific, okay. but I acknowledge it okay. and I like reading up on okay. it. And I think I I'm like kind of out of touch in that sense because mm-hmm. like you know work Mondays to Fridays. Oh, here we like, go again, yeah. And like balancing all the millions of projects and like being out of touch with nature sucks, yeah. guys. But. Oh, okay. I'll get back into it. Mm. But uh, anyway, in the ancient Celtic culture, so uh, time was seen as uh, cyclical. So the seasons changed. People died, but nothing was ever finally lost because everything returned to the earth. And that's what I love so much Mm -hmm. about about this. And um, it's always in a repeating natural cycle. Okay. So these eight festivals are meant to recognize what has been both lost and gained during that time. Like the ancient Egyptians, the Celts believed that balance was maintained through pausing and reflecting upon gratitude. Mm. In fact, ingratitude was seen as a sin because it leads to bitterness, pride, resentment, and self-pity, which, I mean, is so true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm probably digressing a little bit. So Celtic history and culture is like my jam, guys. Sorry. But my point is, if your world is witchy, then this calendar would definitely bring out the magic vibes. I love what you said because I think... Yule traditionally was the festival happened at the peak of like the darkest days of the year when people celebrated. Well, basically what they did is that they they recognized that they were in for the long haul. And so they wanted to like go all out and celebrate the darkness because uh, they wanted to recognize that it was going to be hard for them. And that was just Mm -hmm. a time for reflection and pausing and just like... Yeah, it's a period of, of great inactivity as well, especially for mm-hmm. agrarian, uh, for the agrarian lifestyle. So I think that that's really sweet in the way you tie that in with mm-hmm. pausing and reflecting and just being grateful because they brought they made a huge feast of it too, right, Yule? Yeah, they absolutely do. They they. Uh, there's offerings involved too to your ancestors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so beautiful. Like, yeah. honestly. Um, yeah. This is going to be <laughs> Go weird. Go neo-paganism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of the, like it's just uh, it's all the right things. It's just like thinking and reflecting and uh just looking within yourself. Um okay, so I have a question and I think I read this somewhere. The wheel of the year is kind of like an amalgamation of different pagan and neo-pagan beliefs, right? It didn't come from one specific culture. It was first suggested by scholar and mythologist jacob grimm in his 1835 uh work yeah teutonic mythology and fixed in its present form in the 1950s and early 60s by the wicca movement so yeah so it's possible that the because across the board there are similar festivals like this like there's always some sort of recognition at these points in the year so maybe they just sort of rebranded it a little bit the wiccans i think it is a kind of a re yeah like a rebranding sort of thing because oh my god so many cultures celebrate seasonal changes too it's not and i think a lot of different cultures just share a lot of the different a lot of the same um concepts yeah it's just it's just like presented differently called some different things that's why um it's so important to respect everyone's culture guys lesson of the day because we're all the same (laughs) at the end of the day we're all the same. We're all souls just having a human experience. Yes. <laughs> Trying to get by. Going to work on Mondays. <laughs> you and your Monday. She's got a bad case of the Mondays, people. I really don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> anyway, what is our last tip that is hopefully less drawn out? 
Okay, well, this is, I'm going to keep this one a little bit short and sweet. So this is demonstrate society <laughs> values in your culture. And mm -hmm. I think we've been intimating this all along, but however you build your fantasy calendar, it makes sense to have it reflect your society in general. So for example, if your world is primarily an ag agrarian one, it stands to reason that seasonal changes have a huge impact on your calendar's nomenclature. If your fantasy world takes place on a bed of ice, it's logical that your time will be influenced heavily by things like snowmelt, snowfall, and animal hibernation yeah. patterns. If your mm. fantasy society worships a pantheon, then you might want to explore weaving your world's creation story into your calendar. If your book is based on traveling nomads who aren't fixed to any place long enough to establish cross crop production, you can also imagine that they see time very differently than a society who is fixed in one place. So, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Sorry, just wrap that up really, really quickly. Do you have any last minute pearls of wisdom? No, I think that like that just um, made me think for for sure, like look at your characters and um, like if they are kind of like not obsessed with um routine mm -hmm. so i love that the traveling nomad so yeah maybe maybe time's not even that important in your novel if that's the case yeah maybe it is like i i'm mine's an urban fantasy so i i do use our stupid yeah. monday <laughs> calendar <laughs> keep calling it stupid um but it's so important that they get somewhere by a certain time and all that stuff so um definitely like look at your plot and look at your character's objectives and yeah. and see what comes out of that yeah. Oh, what was I going to say? The other thing too, and I think <laughs> if your if your society is more matrilineal, well, let's just say there's no patriarchy mm -hmm. in your in your fantasy society. Mm. How does a woman cycle ref, how is that reflected in the lunar cycle? Is there have they made that correlation? The divine feminine. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I sound like such a creepy <laughs> It's just so exciting. But it's true. Like that's like mm. the our mens the word menstruation comes from the the root word moon, lunar. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah, so I think there's such a huge Leave bond. it to Jen to bring menstruation <laughs> into this. By the way, guys, she didn't she do such a good job? She got her shot, her second shot yesterday, and I don't know how she's awake. Her eyes are a little squinty, but I don't know. How <laughs> my she's eyes awake. are usually squinty anyway. Did I tell you I have a pirate eye? <laughs> When I smile, you do not have a, you do this not happens have a when I smile. Ahoy, mateys. Well, now I notice. Thanks. Anyway, I'm just going to leave that for the boys listening in case they want to get a <laughs> sexy picture. Oh my God. Okay, I think I'm, I'm drunk. I'm so off happy this you said that. <laughs> yeah, she's, this is, this is like vaccine drunk for sure. I'm really sorry, everyone. But yeah, I think, I think uh, we got through that. <laughs> That's that's well done. That's so well done. I mean, if they want to request a picture of your pirate eye, uh, I should go do ahead it, yeah. and we'll leave it to you to oh, yeah. your discretion. Jen, to oh, I, have, I have one more question. I know you hate Mondays, mm -hmm. um, but have you ever mm. read a book or or maybe watched a film or even just developed this in your own head of your ideal? Like, what do you think we should – what calendar makes oh. the most sense to you? <laughs> that's a tough one because it is and it sucks but it, it really is hard to imagine living in um like a non-gregorian like yeah what do we do like what's <laughs> what is when is lunchtime yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. like it, it it is hard to imagine but i mean i love the wiccan calendar obviously yeah. it's so nice to just go by the changes of in seasons but then what happens in the everyday like 
I don't know. It's really something to think about. What about you? Yeah, that's true. It's so hard to separate ourselves from this extremely structured concept of time we have because it, we time as we live it is completely fabricated. We made it up and it is doesn't It really is. It runs off the the position of the sun, but just in terms of how we are sort of expected to plan out our lives on a daily basis yeah. in such minute detail is really it's really hard to not see another calendar that does that anyway i just think that if we yes. like for example if you live more rural i don't think that you naturally don't need to have that much of a schedule you kind of just go with the flow you know it just made me think of how okay so when you're on vacation yeah how often do you say like what day is it yeah Exactly. And I think it starts, yeah, it's, it stems from there, like our worry of like getting things done versus just like living out the day. Yeah. And it's like, sorry, yeah, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, because I'm reading Signe Pike's The Lost Queen and. Right. It's <laughs> so good. So good. They, the, the narrator, she's growing up. So there's lots of time that's passing, but she never really talks about months. She talks about. Uh, right. She talks yeah. about seasons. Most most of the time, and what? Well, she, plants yeah, are she's an uh, ancient. Sorry, that's the seventh century, I think. What you're reading, right? Something like that. I don't even know. Very early on, I think it's. <laughs> yeah, and she does base it. She did so much research, Sigrid yeah. Pike, uh, on this. She's like such a researcher. So, uh, and it is. I know she does like uh, Celtic. Um, like ancient Celtic research, and there you go. so she went to Scotland. She's yeah. So yeah, there you go. Right there. Yeah. Like not going off of our stupid Mondays, <laughs> Mondays. <laughs> but that's a good question. I, I like that you just asked that. I, I would love to. And and before we let you go, since we're on to the best topic ever, mm -hmm. just the concept of time. Yeah. I love that. Um, if you ask any like a uh, very spiritual person yeah. or psychic or like new age um, kind of believer, uh, like guru. Yeah. So they'll say, they'll say time is absolutely not what we're, what we think it is. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's um, definitely not linear Yeah, and everything is happening at the same time, which is so difficult oh to wrap God, space your head around. Sorry. Just got it's really so excited. Great. I love it so much. Should we do a time travel episode? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think so. At this point, I think so. So yeah, before we keep rambling on, yeah. shall we close yeah. this? Yeah. So all that to say, thanks for listening, everyone. We hope this has been helpful in your world building exercise. And if you like what you heard today, don't hesitate to leave a review on iTunes. And as always, if you have any episode suggestions, feel free to drop us a line. So yeah, that's it. That's it for now, folks. Ciao, ciao for now, now. <laughs> ciao for now. That's it, Writers, Weavers, and Magic Seekers. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Writing the Broom for all podcast-related goodies. Including upcoming episodes, witchy content, and our random thoughts. Don't forget to read the show notes for episode details. Also, if you're looking for book recommendations, check out Jenny's Goodreads reviews. And if witchy books and Celtic folklore are your thing and you like free stuff, why not have a gander at the first three chapters of Katrina's urban fantasy, The Wise One? All links are in the show notes. Until next time.